0: This is Big Podcast. It's Build a Big Podcast, the marketing podcast for podcasters. My name is David Hooper, bigpodcast.com. That's the website. I'm in Nashville, Tennessee, and I've been doing podcasting and broadcasting for a long, long time, specifically to market myself. And that is what I'm talking about, using broadcasting and podcasting to market yourself. This is not a podcast about tech. I'm not going to show you how to plug in a mic. We're not going to talk about the best mics, the newest equipment, the flashy, blinky lights on that equipment, unless it's going to help you to get more listeners, spread your message better, make more money with your podcast. This episode is the audio edition of my weekly newsletter. It is called Big Podcast Insider. It comes out every Friday morning, New York time. Here's what I'm talking about. Small podcasts are better than big podcasts. Sometimes $1,080,000 via podcast interviews. One guy did it. Can you do it? Yeah, Maybe. We're going to talk about that. These two things are not the same. That one is all about your audience. Rockin' Pod, March 18th in Nashville. That is coming up this weekend. Going to go a little bit deeper into that. Also, PodCon, that's coming up April 29th, Portland, Oregon. Going to talk more about that. One more podcast can't hurt or can it and some classified ads, things that you will not want to miss. This episode is brought to you by Riverside.fm, the leading platform to record studio quality, remote podcasts, and video. Right now, I'm in a five-by-eight room. Have I had people in here before? Yeah. Have I done it lately? No. It's way too tight for a couple of people, especially in today's climate. You don't want to get sick. You want to stay healthy. And one of the ways to do that is remote interviewing. But how do you sound good? Riverside.fm can help. 70,000 people and companies use it. It records on each participant's computer locally. Then it uploads it to the cloud, meaning whether you've got one person you're interviewing, maybe you've got a couple of co-hosts, five people that you're interviewing, everybody gets its own recording. It goes to the cloud. You download it. You mix it. You make it sound great. It's going to sound like you're in the same room. Even better because you're not going to get any crosstalk. It's easy to use. It works through the Chrome web browser. You simply send somebody a link. They pull it up just like a web page. Here's how to try it for free. Go to riverside.fm. You're going to get a couple of hours. Check it out. See if it works for you. Hear how good you sound. When you like it, this is the discount code to get 15% off. Big podcast, B-I-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. The URL, riverside.fm. The discount code, big podcast, B-I-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. As I mentioned, this is the audio edition of my weekly newsletter. If you want to follow along, that is at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. All of the links that I'm talking about at that site, newsletter.bigpodcast.com. As I transition from one story to the next to the next, I'm going to play this sound. That's how you know it's time to turn the page. Remember that? When you were a kid, did you have those books? You had somebody with a nice voice reading it for you. And when you heard that sound, that's how you knew it was time to turn the page. Little throwback to that. You ready for it? Here we go. Small podcasts, are they better than big podcasts? That's the question. And my answer, sometimes they are. Everybody's talking about the new Chris Rock Netflix special. And in it, he talks about four ways to be famous. Number one, showing your ass. (laughs) That's not something I would have to be, but I like to do that. Keep you on your toes. Anyway, you know what I'm talking about. Showing your ass. It's the number one way to be famous online and offline and you can do it for your podcast number two being infamous some people especially in the entertainment industry they've got these stories around them are they true are they not true Eh, you know i remember when jane's addiction launched their debut album nothing shocking it was called and on the ads they had these full page ads and spin rolling stone the music magazines at the time That was one of the big ways that records were broken. And it had a quote. There's absolutely nothing you can say about this band that isn't true. Whoa. What does that mean? Are they talking about their talent? No, they're talking about the reputation that they had, being infamous. And you can do that too. That's number two, according to Chris Rock, for being famous. Number three, being excellent. Not as exciting as being infamous or showing your ass. Why is that? Because that takes work. But it is an option. Number three, being excellent. Number four, playing the victim. And there is certainly a lot of that on social media. One of the downsides of the connected world that we live in is that the baseline to do any of these four things, number one, showing your ass, two, being infamous, three, being excellent, or four, playing the victim, is that things have become more and more extreme in that, Because there's so much noise, so many people doing all four of these things, it takes being more extreme in each of those things for you to get attention. To put it bluntly, you've got to be more and do more than ever if you want to stand out. It's not just that there's a lot of noise, people competing for attention. It's that the people you're trying to get the attention of, they are busy. We have very busy lives it's hard to believe that people ever used to wash their own dishes and that most people would mow their own lawns. And most people, if you needed something at the store, they wouldn't have something delivered, they would actually go to the store. Yet, even with these conveniences of lawn care and a dishwasher and home delivery, we are still busier than ever. And that makes things very difficult for somebody like you or somebody like me when we are trying to get the attention of these people. Here is the good news. This is the best thing about being in our connected world. It's easier than ever for all these people that you want to know about you to find you because they're looking for you. You throw up your shingle online and no longer are you just some guy in some town doing something that nobody knows about. If somebody's looking for something that you do and you are online, that person can find you. Now, depending on what you do, will there be a lot of people looking for you? Not always. But if you're looking to be well-known, respected, and famous within a certain group, I've never seen a situation where there isn't room for you to make that happen. That's worth repeating. If you are looking to be well-known and respected within a certain group, there is room for you within that group. Say you're a musician. There's always room for new music. People who listen to music, for the most part, are open to listening to new music. But that would require you being number three, being excellent. People who podcast about podcasting. I'm one of them. There's room for a lot of these podcasts. That is why you will hear me mention the other podcast about podcasting on here. I realize that if somebody's going to listen to Dave Jackson at School of Podcasting, or somebody's going to listen to one of the many podcasts about podcasting, they are also open to listening to me. And if Dave Jackson or one of the many other podcasts about podcasting brings somebody into the fold and gets them excited about podcasting, that is another person that can find me. So I benefit from that just like you benefit from having a very big group of people who are doing the same thing that you are. So don't worry if the market you're in seems crowded, there is room for you if you'll do these things. And I suggested you do number three, being excellent. <laughs> that one is the one that is going to give you the most bang for your buck over the longest period of time. You only need to be known within a certain group to do well. This is where the small podcast versus big podcast comes in. When I was working with musicians, and I'm going to assume just for a second that you've never listened to this podcast before, I used to work with musicians. If you've listened to this podcast, you've heard me talk about this. And when I was working with musicians, I would often have an act come to me. And they'd say, we want to be famous everywhere. We want to play the world. And I was like, "Uh, the world is a big place. And you've got to get there to really do what you do. People don't realize how often these guys are on the road that we know about. They are on the road constantly. And I'm talking about constantly for years. I got the Doobie Brothers coming through in a couple of weeks in Nashville. 50th anniversary tour. Those guys rarely take off. I've interviewed them. The station where I produce my broadcast show, Music Business Radio, they've been in there at least twice since I've interviewed them. I mean, they are on the road all the time. People don't understand that to be a big act, whether it's in your niche or as a musician or as a speaker, an author, whatever, it takes work. But to be well-known in a certain group or with a certain geography, you can be busy, but not too busy. And if you can go in a place every night, have 100 people, 150 people that are interested in seeing you or release a podcast and every episode gets two, three, 5,000 listeners, that ain't bad. And there's plenty of money to be made in situations like that. You do not have to tour the world. That costs a fortune. You do not have to have thousands and thousands of downloads and a lot of people on staff. That also costs a fortune, not only with your money, but with your time energy, and effort. This is why I say that small podcasts are better than big podcasts. And yeah, I see the irony in this. The book's called Big Podcast. This podcast, its name, Build a Big Podcast. What that means is big success. What that means is big impact. What that means is money for you. It doesn't mean that everybody has to know about what you're doing. Just a few people, just the people with money, just the people that can make the change that you want, just the people that will be impacted, that will read your stuff, listen to your stuff, act upon your stuff. Doesn't matter if everybody knows you. You can't cash that at the bank. You know what you can cash? Cash. (laughs) (laughs) Let's make some money with this thing. Make it a tight ship. We're talking about how to do that. Here's a good first step if you want to do this, by the way. Get in the same room with people who are likely to be interested in what you are doing. Then make personal connections with them that will immediately get you connected to the people most likely to listen to your podcast. And that is the foundation of building a big podcast. When you have these conversations, you learn about what they're looking for as well as personally deliver that very thing to them. I mentioned at the top of the episode, this weekend, I will be in Nashville at an event called Rockin' Pod. It's not a huge event, about 1,000 people. So, you know, substantial. But it's not 10,000 people. It's not an arena show. It's not a bowl show. It's not like I'm Taylor Swift, Garth Brooks. (laughs) I mean, half the people there, they're not going to know me. They're going to be seeing the acts that are coming through with me, but I'm going to be there. I'm going to meet a lot of people. We're going to have a good time. And that is a huge, huge thing for a business like mine or for a podcast like mine and a business and a podcast like yours. Let me tell you something you can do to get started on this today, right now. One, look for tightly focused in-person meetups in your area that you can attend. You don't have to do your own event. These are things that are already going. Just attend, hang out, meet people, talk to them, let them know what you're doing. I talked about people being able to find you. Yeah, that's true. But you going to them and the way you cut through the noise is by going to them in person. Saying, yeah, I got a podcast. It can be that easy. You don't have to sell it to them. You don't have to get on your knees. Please, please listen to my podcast. By God, I beg you. If you got something good and if you're in the right place, they will listen to it automatically, but they've got to know that it exists. Number two is connect with other podcasters and business owners who are in a similar position that you are in and learn from each other. Now I mentioned and Pod, which is an event for music podcasters. This is actually a great example because you don't have to actually be podcasting about music to take advantage of something like this, wherever there are podcasters, if you are a podcaster, you can learn from them. In fact, you might be able to learn more from them than you could with podcasters in your niche because you're stepping outside of the bubble that the people in your niche are in. We're all in bubbles, we're all in silos. Music podcasters do something in a certain way. Are you doing the same thing? If not, you're gonna benefit from being there. One of the things I'll tell you about, I'm gonna talk about booking superstar guests, these people that I'm talking about, the Doobie Brothers. Well, I mentioned them. I've interviewed them. You want me to tell you how I got it? Yeah. We're going to be talking about that. You have the Doobie Brothers of your niche. How do you get those guys interested in your podcast? You don't have to have the biggest podcast. You just have to have the right audience. And one of the ways that you can learn how to do things like that, how to get the right audience, what the right audience is looking for, and how to book in this case, is by getting together with like-minded people and sharing information letting people know what you do, learning what they do. The third thing you can do to get started on this today, really connecting with people, is borrow connection with the people that you want to reach from those who are willing to share the stage with you, such as other podcasters. I mentioned Dave Jackson a minute ago, School of Podcasting. He's doing the same thing that I'm doing in a lot of ways. He's going to focus more on tech than I am. As I mentioned, I don't really work with that. My focus is primarily you building an audience. But with that said, We are still working with podcasters to better spread their message, tighten up that message, make impact, make money. We're more or less doing the same thing. I'm sharing the stage with him. Called him up, Dave, would you be interested in being a part of Rockin' Pod this week? He said, hell yeah, I would. I called him up, Dave, would you be interested in getting on the stage with me at Rockin' Pod talking about podcasting? He said, yeah. So he's coming down to Nashville from Ohio. That's how this works. Collaboration, communication, talking with people asking questions, listening to people. That is how you are going to build your audience, getting within that niche. And then once you're successful within that niche, you can expand upon it. And I'll give you an example of that. Joe Saul Cihai, I had him on here talking about stacking Benjamins. He's in kind of the FinCon investment, money-related market. That's how I'm going to describe it. He is in the process right now of launching a brand new podcast about real estate because people were coming to him and they want financial stability and they want income, all the things that he's talking about. And they thought, well, you can do that with real estate. I've heard you can do it with real estate. Do you have any advice about real estate? And he didn't because that's not what he does. He knows his lane, but he knew people who did, and he's working with them to produce a related podcast. That's how you expand. When you've got one thing going, you're going to have people coming to you and they're going to ask you about something else. If you're a health and fitness person, for example, you're going to have people come, see you have that together, they're going to start asking you about money. They're going to start asking you for marriage advice. Don't ask me why that happens. (laughs) But we make assumptions about people. Oh, they got this together, they must have this other thing together. That's the opportunity for you. If you want to go to a general market, start with one thing, And then branch out. Don't try to be somebody for everybody, at least not at first. If you want more thoughts on this? Those four things from Chris Rock and those three things you can do to get started today as far as building your audience. I've got everything linked at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. $1,080,000 plus via podcasting. That was the minimum, man. $1,080,000, a lot of money. Casey Hill, he's been a guest on hundreds of podcasts and anybody who has ever done guest booking. I'm one of those people. They know, just like I know, it is not as easy as it sounds. So I'm not saying that this is easy, but it is possible. According to Casey, the pitch is this. A good pitch includes a compelling hook, a body section that builds authority and a conclusion that offers specific compelling topics you can speak on. Something worth mentioning. And if you look at Casey's info, and I've got it linked at newsletter.bigpodcast.com, he's got more information about how he did this $1,080,000 via podcast interviews. It's an 80 20 thing. 80% of the results that you get from being on a podcast will come from the 20% of the podcast on which you appear. And the exact opposite is true. You're going to get 20% of the results from the other 80% of podcasts that you are on. Again, small, better than big. So if you're considering going on a lot of podcasts, spreading your message, do not get caught up into busy work and let podcast guesting be a distraction from what's really important for you growing your business, spreading your message, making money. When I talked about going to meetups, meeting people in person, speaking to a room of 100 people, some people would think, well, oh, up, man, there's 10, 15 people there. I could go on a podcast, gets hundreds of downloads, thousands of downloads. Okay. You could. But those one-on-one conversations, those in-person conversations, so much better when it comes to getting results. I'm going to tell you why in a minute. We're going to dive a little bit deeper into this subject. But to wrap this up, don't get caught up thinking a podcast is a podcast is a podcast. Not all podcasts are created equal. I just got a ton of pitches. I don't know why. It's through a booking site. You know these booking sites where they try to match podcast guests with podcasters? Anyway, must've been listed or something because a ton of these just came through, literally right before I stepped into the studio today. I didn't even think that they looked at what my podcast was about. I think it was a spray and pray model. <laughs> just go to everybody. Some of them didn't even use the right name. One of them had me listed as something like Ted Lasso. Ted somebody. I was like, what? That's not my name. Did you listen to the podcast? I say it at the very beginning of every episode. You know, maybe a database mix up, but regardless, that shows you that these guys are going from a database and they are sending something to every single person on that list. You know this, when you get those pitches, they say, hello, Ted Lasso. I've really enjoyed Build a Big Podcast. The Marketing Podcast for Podcasters, a podcast on podcasting. It's got the whole name, the subtitle, all the keywords. (laughs) Yeah, that's where you don't want to end up. I'm not saying these booking sites are bad, by the way. I think what they've done is they've made it easier for people to spam us. Because if you've had a podcast for more than a couple of weeks, you've already gotten these messages via email. They go through your RSS feed, they find your email. Hello, sir, I've got a new and exciting guest who wants to talk about entrepreneurship and selling a business for four billion billion three three months after it was founded. You know, this pitch is, ugh. For more information about this, $1,080,000 via podcast interviews, go to newsletter.bigpodcast.com. Not the same. Here we go. This is where I'm going deep into your audience and what actually counts as far as the people that you were getting in front of. I had a conversation earlier this week. With the guy I'm working with, he compared his audience, 200,000, to 10 Madison Square Gardens. That comparison is wrong. The numbers eh, kind of right. Madison Square Garden holds 20,789 people. And when I say the numbers are wrong, I'm not saying that the math was a little bit off. I'm saying the numbers' completely wrong, but that's good news for you. If you want to go to Madison Square Garden, what do you have to do? One, buy a ticket. Two. You have to physically get there at a certain time. It's in Manhattan, you're taking a cab, a subway, a car, maybe a ferry, a plane, I don't know. Maybe you're close enough to walk. Regardless, it takes work. A lot more work than listening to a podcast. What do you have to do to listen to a podcast? Not a damn thing. It's already on your phone, it's waiting for you. Press a button. Maybe that's one thing. Press a button compared to buying the ticket, and physically getting there at the same time. But the difference is beyond physical effort. To attend an event at Madison Square Garden, somebody has to have money, you've got to have knowledge of the subway system or other transit, know how to hail a cab, get on a ferry. <laughs> it ain't easy, man. It is not easy to get where you need to go. Unless you've got the specific knowledge. And a lot of people don't have that knowledge. You've also got to have enough interest in the event to overcome any kind of last-minute resistance, such as oh, it's raining, it's cold, there's a lot of traffic, fear of COVID. Again, you don't have this stuff with podcasting. Your podcast is already there waiting for somebody. All they've got to do, hit that play button, they're good to go. When you hear entertainers talk about Madison Square Garden and a successful tour, it's not the biggest venue. Like I said, 20,789 people. But it's a very big deal when they talk about selling it out. Why? Because what I'm talking about, having the money, the knowledge of the system to get there, last minute resistance, it's a venue everybody knows the name of, it's a city everybody knows the name of, and it's a big deal. It's a lot of work to get people who are very busy. I mean, you think you're busy. Talked about it a minute ago. Everybody's busy. It's a lot of competition for your attention and your money and your resources, your time, energy. There's competition for all of that. But in New York, it's upped, man. It's expensive to live in New York. Some of the best people are there as far as competing for the business that you want, the jobs that you want, the money that you want. That's why selling out Madison Square Garden is a big deal. But let's flip this on its head. This is the small podcast versus big podcast episode. What about that live event? What about a live event that you did with just 20 people? To do this, you got to schedule something interesting enough For somebody to spend money, schedule time, overcome last minute resistance elements, the rain, the traffic, fear of COVID. They've got to have knowledge of how to get there. And sometimes that knowledge and those resources, it's a lot tougher to get somewhere that you're doing an event than it would be for somebody to get to somewhere in Manhattan. Now, I'm not joking when I say the subway system, complicated, bus system, complicated, hailing a cab, getting a car there, somewhat complicated. But imagine you're just plopping a trailer down in the middle of nowhere for your event and I see it. (laughs) sometimes these event promoters, they say, well, I live in bumf**k Mississippi. I think I'm going to do my event in bumf**k Mississippi because it's convenient for you. What about those 20 people, those 100 people, that thousand people that you want to come to your event? It ain't easy to get there, man. You got to make it easy on your audience. And a lot of promoters don't. So, so consider that you're doing an event close to you. Maybe not so easy for people to come, but they came anyway, they spent money, they scheduled time, they overcame that last minute resistance, the rain, the traffic, the fear of COVID, that is also a big deal. It may not be 20,789 people, but it may be 20. And those people are face-to-face with you. It is a big deal. I got a photo of the empty venue that we're going to be in this weekend at and Pod. And it's big. Like I said, 1,000 people there, It could probably hold more than 1,000 people. And I made a joke about it, not really a joke, on social media, I said, this is very scary for a promoter. When you're looking at an empty hall, it is very scary. Money on the line, reputation on the line. You want people there to have a good time. That means other people need to be there for them to have a good time, at least in a situation like a podcasting event, where part of the good time and part of the success is meeting other podcasters and learning from those other podcasters. So it's a lot of pressure and it's a big deal. And that's going to happen to you whether you've got 20 people or 100 people or 1,000 people or like Madison Square Garden, 20,789 people. It is a big deal. So do not take it for granted and say, oh, it's only 20 people. No, 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 no. It wasn't only 20 people. It was 20 people that were really into what you were doing. And that's how you build a big podcast. You start with a small podcast. As much as I love podcasting, when it comes to impact and gaining customers, I would much rather speak to 20 people a night, 100 people a night, 150 people a night, then have thousands of people listening to my podcast each week. And I appreciate you listening, by the way. I don't take you for granted. But you listening to this, you've exerted a completely different level of effort than the people that I'm going to see this weekend. That's not to say that they're more important than you. I say this to say, if you've got that live event, do not write off, oh, I only had 20 people. It's still a very big deal. Here's the good news, though. We can and do have both things available to us. You can do your podcast. You can do a live event. I'm not telling you to ditch podcasting, but I am telling you that even a small audience can be valuable when you have the right people there. Consider that next time you compare your numbers to those of another podcaster. And you hear people, well, it's 10 Madison Square Gardens. No, it's not. (laughs) Not all audiences are equal. You want more thoughts on this? I got a funny picture. It's up at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. and Pod, March 18th in Nashville, Tennessee. I've been talking about it. If you've got a music-related podcast, this is one that you do not want to miss. A couple of years ago, I did a live broadcast with Dave Jr. from Megadeth. Last year, did a great session with three of the original MTV VJs. Matt Penfield was there. Ricky Rackman from Headbangers Ball was there. Mark Goodman, the very first guy on MTV, he was there. Here's what's happening this year. 70 music-related podcasts are exhibiting. They're doing interviews with guys from Mr. Big, Twisted Sister, Great White, Joan Jett, Alice Cooper, Exodus, and many other artists. If you're wondering, hey, what happened to all those hair metal guys that were big in the 80s? They're a and pod, man. There's an entire stage dedicated to podcaster education. That's where you will see me. I'm talking about growing an audience, booking more and bigger guests and also podcast marketing. I've got my favorite radio producers coming. I'm bringing in some really good guys that I'm sharing the stage with. I'm also doing another live taping. This is Music Business Radio, by the way, my broadcast show. We're talking about the good, bad, and ugly of reality television shows for musician, including what it feels like to be on a national stage on national television and have P. Diddy reject you. Can you imagine that? Nicole Boggs, I'm bringing her up. She was on an episode of the four, few episodes actually, She's seen in front of Megan Trainor, P. Diddy, Fergie is the co-host, a couple of other big wigs on the panel. P. Diddy just didn't get it. (laughs) You give him your heart, your soul, everything you got. He's like, eh, I'm just not getting it. It happens. It happens to singers. It happens to us as podcasters. What do you do? You can find out this weekend at Pod. If you're doing a music-related podcast, you definitely want to be there. But any podcaster is welcome. Like I said, I've got an entire day of podcasting-related material. More information, newsletter.bigpodcast.com. On the other side of the country, April 29th, Portland, Oregon, PodComp. Speaking is small, this is a one-day intimate event. It's about 125 people. It's created for independent podcasters. The goal is to create a space for podcasters to learn from each other as well as selected speakers. In an in person and supportive environment, PodConf is organized by Pat Chung. He is the founder of Pod Inbox and the host of Podcast Growth Hacks. I've had Pat on before. You've heard me talk about Podcast Inbox. Podcast Inbox is great if you want to do call ins with your audience. And it's not really a call in because it's not live, it's time shifted, just like a podcast. But think of it as a voicemail. If you want to interact with your audience, Pod Inbox is a way to do that. It is also very similar. To Patreon. If you want to have a subscription service where donations or payments are coming in from your audience, Pod Inbox will handle that. Pat knows about podcasting because he runs Pod Inbox and he's a podcaster himself. So he started PodConf. It's a great idea. Like I said, one day you get in and out. If you're on the West Coast, Portland, Oregon, April 29th, I love events of this size. This is the way to really connect with people. Talk about smaller being better. Sometimes you go to a big event. Let's say it's 1,000 people at Rockin' Pod. You're not going to meet everybody. No. But it doesn't matter. If you walk away from a live event, you've got two or three good connections, it's worth it. It is worth it. That can be life-changing for you. I think it's easier to do that with a smaller event, something with 125 people. It's big enough to where you're going to meet a lot of great people, but small enough to where you can meet a lot of great people. First-year events, they're always a punt. like I said, Pat is an established member of the podcasting community. He is a podcaster himself. He knows what you need and he's going to deliver to you. I'm confident he's going to deliver something great. April 29th, Portland, Oregon, PodComp. I've got it linked at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. One more podcast can't hurt. (laughs) This is a joke and I'm already laughing. You need to see this. It's at newsletter.bigpodcast.com but this is also a serious message about episode frequency. There's a common belief that if you want twice as many downloads, the way to do that is to release twice as many episodes. And that's true in some cases. But a download doesn't necessarily mean that anybody's actually listening. So be aware of this. Be careful not to overwhelm your audience with too many episodes. When you do this, they see all those episodes in their inbox. And if they get behind or do become overwhelmed for some reason, they are much more likely to delete everything than go through all of them. Consider that with episode frequency. From my testing, as far as growing your podcast a couple of times a week, that's a sweet spot. And something that you'll see me do, I've got a longer episode and then a shorter episode. That can be helpful to you. It's another touch point, but it's not as much of a commitment. More thoughts and that hilarious joke. Trust me, hilarious. Newsletter.bigpodcast.com. Classified ads for you. Swell AI. You can use Swell AI to automate your podcast episode summaries, get time stamped episode highlights, and long form articles based on the content of your episodes. We are hearing a lot about AI right now. Larry Roberts is coming in from Texas to talk about that this weekend at Rockin' Pod. And there are a lot of good programs that you can use to take advantage of AI when it comes to scripting your podcast, booking guests, planning things out. I've actually got an interview with Cody, the founder of the company, coming up very shortly. We're going to dive a little bit deeper into how it works, but until then, try it. It's free. You can go to newsletter.bigpodcast.com for that link. You're going to love it. You upload the audio. It does all the work for you. It is literally an upload, one click, set it and forget it solution for your podcast episode notes. You're going to be very impressed. Newsletter.bigpodcast.com. Also, Mail Timer. Create customized countdown timers for emails and websites that boost your sales, conversions, and click-through rates. I love this thing. You've probably gotten emails that have timers on them. Three more days. There are a lot of great ways to use it for podcasters. For example, five days until the new episode, four days until the new episode. And it's exact to the moment of the download of your episode. It's not like you typing five days or four days and they get it three days later and it's only two days left. It is accurate to the second. So it is great for promoting podcasts. You can check it out. I've got it linked at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Build a Big Podcast. If you want more from me, I've got some great bonus episodes coming up. Have you seen this new TikTok filter? Bold glamour. People are pissed. They think it promotes an unrealistic beauty standard for people. And maybe it does. I think we've got our own version of this with podcasting, all the equipment that I'm running through right now. You think this is my voice? Mm, Kinda, but not really. I'm going to talk more about that. Also, my wife being a photographer, working in that industry, that's basically her job, making hot chicks hotter. I've got some thoughts about that. The good, the bad, and the ugly of filters, EQ, compression, All the stuff that we are up against when it comes to getting our message out, all the opportunities that we have and all the things that maybe they're not so helpful, that's coming up. To make sure that you don't miss that episode or other future episodes of Build a Big Podcast, this is where you need to go. Bigpodcast.com slash subscribe. When you go there, I make it very easy for you to subscribe depending on the phone that you listen to your podcast on. iPhone, got a button for you. Android, got a button for you. RSS feed, you need that. I've got a button that's got it. I've also got a QR code that you can scan through the power of the internet. It takes this podcast, Build a Big Podcast from my server. Puts it immediately on your phone. You can listen to it wherever and whenever. You can listen to Build a Big Podcast in the car, in the gym, maybe on your way to Rockin' Pod this weekend. Thanks for listening. Bigpodcast.com slash subscribe to subscribe. And I'll see you on the next episode of Build a Big Podcast.